everyone. Welcome to the Brain Candy Podcast. The Brain Candy Podcast. The Brain Candy. I missed you, Suze. Missed you too. How Good you to be doing? back. Back in business. I'm Susan, and I'm here with Sarah. I don't have like a fun. I know. Long, I know. You tried to do it there. I could see it in your head, and then I saw the look of disappointment when you're like, "Ugh." No, Sarah. I just was. I feel bad for people that don't. Like I, ha- I knew a girl named Jamie, and she always was like sad that she didn't have a nickname. It was just Jamie. What are you gonna James? Guess <laughs> J. And you don't either. No, I, don't I can't know. even shorten Sarah. Sarah. Sarah Bear. Is that what people no, do? No, please don't. <laughs> oh, actually, um, I hate that. Sarah Bear is the worst. Who who does that? Uh, Landon when he's being really annoying, and then. <laughs> Oh, I think I have a couple friends who, and every time they do it, I'm like, don't do that. I <laughs> Stop it. It just reminds me of, like, I don't know. You don't feel respected? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, was, I don't know. It takes me back to, like, childhood memories. They're probably getting picked on. Anywho. Well, okay. So today uh, we are continuing our discussion on selfies who knew we had so much to say about them no there is so much to say come on i think you could major in selfie in college yeah maybe that'll be a thing one day but probably we're gonna talk to a selfie expert rachel syme who wrote an amazing article that changed the way i think about selfies for sure so we're gonna talk to her a little later but first i have a story i love it tell me (laughs) Okay. Yeah. This is a tale. Oh my God. I'm reliving it. So. You really do look like you just went somewhere in your head. Yeah. Gosh, this is a term PTSD real quick. Well, I thought that our listeners would appreciate this because I think what happened to me is something that happens to people every day and it's like this weird thing and then you like dismiss it. Mm -hmm. So I want to know what your thought is. (laughs) I went to... I used a Groupon, which was probably my first mistake, unless Groupon wants to sponsor this show. In which case, we love Groupon. (laughs) Well, I always use Groupon whenever I'm getting Botox because I feel like even the biggest fool in the world can successfully administer Botox. It's so easy. We have very different views on how the skill involved in administering Botox. Really? Well, out here, I feel like... Everybody gets it. Everybody needs it. There's a guy on every corner that will give you Botox. Yeah. So I don't want to pay a premium on this like basic thing. Do not go to the guy on the corner for Botox, though, (laughs) people. Just putting it out there before we get people who are writing in saying they have like silicone cement and just inject in their face. Well, I've changed my tune now because what happened was I got a bunch of Botox and weeks went by and I was like, I still look like an old hag. What is going on here? There's no difference. So I had to go back and I was like, dude, look, I still look old. Can you fix this? And he's like, oh, sorry, we got a bad batch. So he, <sighs> that's, that was, sorry first, to begin with. that was the first problem. Then he gave it to me. And it was like, lickety split. I was in there like five minutes. We walk out into like the lobby area. He hands me an ice pack and he was like, I'm so sorry that that happened. And I was like, oh, forget about it. I don't care. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. And then he looks at me and he says, give me a hug. Ew. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) How far out the door were you? you, I was not, um, I was not looking at it like I was 
turning to leave and That's go out the door. Yeah, even <clears throat> more. Str- that means he like lingered on the thought. <sighs> and like there was other people in the room because they were waiting to see the doctor. And so I, in that moment, I had to make a choice. Do I just give him the hug or do I make a thing and be like, no, thanks. Oh, my God. And this every- is the position that a million women have been in. Yeah. And that's how I did it. I hugged the man. Uh, oh, uh, of course you did, because we've all hugged the man. I Right. And we've I have, all been there. I'm so mad at myself, but I'm not I can't let myself be mad at myself because he put me in an impossible position and there was there's no win. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You were, and I don't know if we were, what we were talking about, but you were sharing with me how with little kids, sometimes we force them to hug people. Right. And we especially do it with, yeah, we especially do it with little girls. Yeah. You were telling me about that. And I was just like, oh my God, this is the perfect. uh..." Yeah. Because so I gave him the hug and it was awkward, obviously, and and then I thought about it for so long after, just like, why didn't I just say, no, thank you? Or why didn't... Oh, what I... would happen? Play out that scenario. In, play, out, play it out. What would happen, do you think, if you said, no, thank you? Because I have in the past said something. I've said, um, hands off the merchandise as a joke. Like, oh, that's, no, oh, it's you know? so terrible that we have to deflect yeah. with humor. Yeah. That we can't just be straight up and say, no, I'm okay. I would like to not have you violate my person right now why would i i didn't even establish a relationship with him of of any kind of intimacy i was there for five minutes i've only been there twice well based on everything i know that's a violation of ethics for sure for him for sure so don't buy group on botox apparently oh my god i'm so sorry well i know i mean well i learned from it next time which unfortunately there will be of course there will be and i'll just be like nah i'm good and then skedaddle yeah but it may no you'll deflect with humor well maybe but maybe i won't maybe i'll say you know no thanks i can't help myself in those i turn into a like a little kid and i probably will end up hugging him though i am more assertive now with age but that's good it was just he caught me off guard yeah that is the last thing i thought he was gonna say (laughs) And so right. I was just like, oh, okay. And then it was weird. And then stay, it happened. Say for like a really long hug, you'll take some more coupons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can be bought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got any Juvederm? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then uh, this happened to me the same week that the Billy Bush scandal broke. Ugh. And one of the things I noticed in that video with Trump was when Billy said, Arian give, give him a donald hug. A, a hug and then give me a hug and i was like this is a tactic that men use because it seems innocent yeah. a hug is supposed to be innocent yeah and it's a form of control it is disgusting yeah it's really it seeing that was the grossest part the 
how they treated her afterwards was more disgusting to me than the words than themselves, the to be honest. Because it just gave... And you know what? It made every woman in the world feel like, because we all know what that feels like. Well, it's like we got to see what goes on before... Yeah, around. yeah. Oh, and Sometimes. none of us like that. Yeah, and I don't oh, like that no. idea of like this is just boys will be boys. There, that's no. not true at all. Because every man I know was like, uh, yeah, no, that's not what we do. Yeah, but we've all been in position where we're like, something seems weird here. I'm not privy to all the information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that. Being, yeah, it's like being the butt of a joke or yeah. being the ugh. I, and that's so, the worst. I just was really struck by. The way that men often use something to trap a woman. So, like, if she had said no, mm-hmm. they would have thought she was a bitch. Yep. And sh- the whole day would have been ruined because the chemistry wouldn't be there. Oh. You know? And it would have so, been her fault. Yeah. In their heads. Not really. Right. And that's what keeps getting me fired up is that we're put in these positions where we have to choose, am I complicit and like Mm. submissive Mm. or do I assert my true feelings, which is I get your hands off of me. I don't want to hug you. And neither leaves us feeling good after. How about they just stop being fucking creepy? (laughs) How about that? How about that? (laughs) And stop making me feel. I say that to my husband all the time. I say, you know why it's not fair? Why, why it's not equal? Because when I'm walking to our hotel at night in whatever city, I the thought goes through my head, oh, I could get raped. And mm-hmm. that never happens for him. Right. Ever. Yeah. He's never walked home from the hotel at 6'2", 200 whatever, and been like, oh, I'm probably going to get thrown against the wall here. And, and mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So that's why it's not fair and you guys need to change. Yeah. I kind of always, um, I just never knew what to make of the term rape culture. Cause you know, Mm. sometimes it seems like it makes sense. And then other times I'm like, I'm not sure that's the right phrase, but lately I've been like, no, no, it is. Oh, it is. Oh. And then I've gone so far as to, uh, look at the hashtags like, um, why we don't report, why women don't report. Yeah. Oh, and I love the men who have retweeted things and said, if any man is wondering what women are talking about, go read the tweets under this hashtag. And they, you you cry. I mean, you really, it's, it's, and then you see that there are 10 million. Somebody referred to, I guess some men are claiming that women rape brag like they for real that that uh women like almost enjoy saying that they've been victimized isn't that weird I, you should see sarah's face she's very rarely speechless <laughs> she's I, so mad i'm really because it does make doesn't it make you angry mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm, it makes me want to cry right now it makes it that makes me so mad because yeah. it's like Really? What about all the other stuff that comes with that? Yeah. Right. You know? Right. Okay. Okay. We'll say, just for sake of argument. Sure. They get, what, 30 seconds of feeling in control? Yeah. How about 
every time they take their clothes off and look in the mirror, they feel sick inside. How about every time they lay next to their husband, they can't enjoy or really be in the moment and they're completely dissociated and or how about they see something like a zip tie or a plastic bag or what or hear a song on the radio and all of a sudden they are depressed and they don't know why and it's like a serious trigger that then affects them for the next few weeks really Mm -hmm. like you know that's like saying anybody who ever didn't like spoke out or did anything moving at all just did it for the attention the attention how that or that we should never speak out or do anything because of fear that we will be doing it for attention right yeah honest to god you cannot win what and this is kind of like help help (laughs) this is the recurring thought that i keep feeling is like the, the idea of an impossible uh, choice. If you don't impossible. say it happened, then oh people are like, you know, <sighs> like the women that come forward 15 years later. Well, yeah. why did you wait so long? Yeah. But if you say it immediately, they're like, really, you just don't regret having sex? Isn't maybe, you know, those things you cannot win. You and that's how the small incidents at the doctor's office felt that same yeah. way it's like a micro version yes and isn't that crazy how like a little hint yeah. of something that reminds you of that feeling yeah that's ptsd i mean that right there is like it takes over yeah and oh yeah so that was my uh, botox <laughs> <That's-> experience <laughs> And it was bonkers. Yeah, I don't keep a therapist busy for at least six to eight weeks. <laughs> VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So, uh... Then now we are going to talk with Rachel Syme about selfies. And she came to mind because we've been talking about millennials so much and the idea of uh, narcissism and things. And then we read her article, which um, I will link you to because it's fantastic and you should it's read it. It's so good. It's it really, it really made me think and and almost like through a different pair of glasses like yeah. there's somebody else's through a different lens is she used historical context about portraiture and she talked about gender and um the way that women have been allowed to view themselves and all kinds of things and i thought well well i certainly never saw it that way before you know why though because have you ever been i have a friend who really loves taking selfies And when I'm with her, I find it very distracting because I'll be talking to her and the whole time she's doing selfies and like, not just one or two, but like, you know, when you do this burst (laughs) and then she'll never use that feature in the (laughs) selfie mode. That sounds terrifying. (laughs) And so she'll go through them then and like, see which angle is the best. And it to me feels dishonest. Number one, because you don't look like whatever your best moment is. Uh And number two, I'm trying to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, 
So yeah. that's why I had a little bit of like a selfie ambivalence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what Rachel has to say. Let's let's give her a call. Hi, Rach. Thanks for coming on the show. Okay. Thank you for having me. So we read your selfie. Um, mm-hmm. What would you call it? Manifesto. <laughs> And I guess it, you could call it that. Yeah, it was, was so really freaking story. good. I know it's almost di- oh, because you. you know what I gotta say. I really loved that you divided up into sections because I felt like those are all almost their own essays or articles about selfies that you kind of have to talk about each one of those different components. A, a, yeah, components, yeah. and and many of which I didn't even think about. And there was so much of that article where I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I totally see things differently now. Yeah. I agree with you about that. How did you feel about selfies before? Well, I have this. There's it's a strong. I'm conflicted. She has shame. Yes. Because there's a strong desire to take the selfie. (laughs) And then there's Mm -hmm. this like self-hatred of like. Should I post this, you know, but then I follow a bunch of people who proudly take selfies and I follow them and I love them for all the self, including my co-host. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> so guilty. So you I was them, one of the, you don't post them. Y- y- yes. What? Sometimes. Sometimes I have taken them and decided, deemed them not. According to Rachel's definition, that doesn't even qualify. As a, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, if the right. intention is to share them, and then you don't. Maybe I don't know. But the idea but is that the intention is to share a picture that you take of yourself with the intention of sharing it with others. Yes. Okay. And I think that you know the intent. There was one. There was one person I think in your article that you interviewed somebody who mentioned something about like they want to take a selfie, but they don't ever feel like they're ready to. Like they. Don't have their makeup done right. Mm-hmm. They don't have their internet done right. But then I, there were so many other uh, wonderful people that, like, portraits that you, uh, people who sent you selfies that gave you their stories that you elaborated on that kind of showed us why it's so beautiful to post in those moments where you don't feel the best. Yeah. So I think, you know, obviously... When I started writing this essay, it actually grew out of a book review I was going to write about Kim Kardashian selfish. And I started writing, (laughs) I know, and I started writing about it and realized that there was so much more going on because as I started to look into what people had said about her selfies, I realized how much disdain there was Mm -hmm. just around the general concept of the selfie. And, you know, this year, all we can talk about is politics. But last year, it seemed like selfies were on everybody's, you know, it was on all the news, them like our millennials ruining us because they have selfie sticks and they're yes. taking them out at museums and they're falling off of cliffs because they're trying to get the perfect <laughs> shot. And then mm-hmm. there was, you know, and there was all these news stories. And I think I mentioned one in the piece that was really inspiring for me to do the writing, which was that there were these girls that went viral because they mm-hmm. were at a baseball game and they were all taking selfies instead of watching the game and they were being mocked. Um, on the on the television by the announcers for doing this and I just felt like this is so gendered it's so um, stigmatized and what they're what people are afraid of is 
this idea that we're all narcissistic and unplugged from each other. But there's another angle to it that nobody's looking at, which is that this is a new way of communicating. It's a new language. Mm -hmm. And if we read it as a text that way, then, um, you know, it's just there's this people there's this fear. And when I reached out to all these people, like you mentioned, to tell me stories of why they take selfies, I thought I was going to get back a lot more stories than I did of actually people be just being like, oh, because I love the way I love mm-hmm. I'm I'm obsessed with myself, you know, but that that wasn't the story. The people's stories turned out to be far more poignant than I could have ever imagined, be it, you know, I, I got stories of um, someone who is transgender and going through a transition transition and trying to use selfies as a way to document the experience and also share um, their body with the world, which makes them feel powerful and also safe. Um, I taught, I heard from uh, a woman who used the selfie as a way of reclaiming their body and their, and their nudity so that people, the male gaze or whatever is out there gazing at them. They're gazing back at themselves. I heard, one really poignant story was this man who had been abused by his now ex-wife emotionally, and he took this selfie that he thought was him smiling, but when he looks at it, he realizes mm. he's crying, basically, and he this is how he diagnosed the fact that he was depressed and actually had to get out of his horrible relationship. So there's so many different ways that selfies come in, into pe- these people's lives that had nothing to do with this sort of like me, me, me narcissism. You know what I mean? So I was so fascinated to hear from different people about it. And it sort of all came from there. Do you think some of the, cause I absolutely agree when I read those, I really felt the same. And I, I thought so many of those stories spoke to like that very humanistic side of us and those stories that we all crave. But do you think that, those stories get overshadowed by the, I hate to say it, Kim Kardashians and the ones who are more, um, like there was the story that you wrote about uh, uh, the um, Australian Instagram model mm-hmm. who finally Athena. was like, I yeah. have it, I've had enough, you know? Yeah, no, and I mean, I think... I I think I mean I've listened to both of you talk about reality TV and this sort of way that it can warp your mind and you know when you're when you're in the vortex of being looked at all the time um things can start to warp and feel uh, you know less real and I think that's what she was experiencing especially because um she was being paid uh to do so many of these selfies you know she was being paid to wear a certain outfit and wear a certain lipstick and then take yeah. a picture of herself and and that's how she was you know um making money but she was also deeply unhappy and said that she was anorexic and you know mm-hmm. all these things were going on internally that she was masking but i think selfie is just the medium right that is a horrible sort of perversion of the medium. And I actually think that the medium, the the fact that she was able to sort of come clean um, and talk about the perversion of the medium led to a lot of other teenagers talking about their body, um, sort of seeing where they fit into the, to the um, media landscape and what is demanded of them. Um, But I don't think that selfies are the culprit. Like my entire thing is I think that, that selfies are a, form of communication and like any language it can be misused right it can be people can become obsessed people can become addicted people can use them nefariously um but they can also be used really positively and i think people decry the entire practice um 
without actually realizing that what they don't like is people taking selfies in the ways that are, you know, that they find egregious. They just, they just discount the entire practice. You know, they're like, Oh, I wish people wouldn't take them at all. And you're like, it's just a photograph. That's Mm. all it is. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The woman, Um, the Australian woman that Sarah mentioned, why do you think that her experience sounded or was so different than just an average model who is also paid to wear certain clothes or makeup, et cetera? Like, why do you think think she felt bankrupt? I I mean, I think that she was um, a a normal teenage girl who sort of got swept up in this stuff. Um, it's not unlike, um, you know, anybody else that sort of gets scouted and discovered at a young age and then gets quickly kind of disgusted by the industry that they're in. Mm. Um, I mean, she was young, you know, I look, there's a lot of models that have also said that they, the industry standards are crazy and they don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, that her experience was also really relatable because there is a lot of girls that are not necessarily paid to do this work, but feel the pressure to look a certain way in their, in their video, in their, in sorry, in their selfies. And I think that that is one thing that is worth discussing, which is Mm -hmm. to say there, there's a lot of pressure. Um, I've heard, I heard from teen girls that I talked to, there is pressure to look a certain way in your selfie um, you know, take it from a certain angle. Oh yeah, look beautiful. You Extreme. Know, and, and, I have and, a fourteen-year-old. I mean, yeah, I have a fourteen-year-old yeah, uh, sister-in-law you know, who is feels exactly like that, and I hear her say, "I can't post this. I can't post that." That it is like taking on a life of its own. This teenage yeah, mentality of what know, a selfie is. Girl-clutching adults are, are are like, oh gosh, they're doing that for the for the other. You know romantic interest or people they have a crush on or whatever, but it's actually for each other in a weird mm-hmm. way too. I mean, I think teen girls more than anything are pressured to look a certain way for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard. And I think that her being open about that pressure was a good thing. I think it was, a, it was, you know, it's a, I think, listen, peer pressure and the, the um, sort of societal demand that you look a certain way mm-hmm. has been with teen girls for a very, very long time. I mean, long before selfies existed. If anything, selfies is um, selfies are helping expose those needs and actually, in certain ways, um, allow young women to confront what is de- what is demanded of them and either and and sort of grapple with that, you know, and have conversations with one another about it. What has been the response from? Do you feel like people? Who was the audience of your article and what did they say about it? Well, it was a sort of a general interest article. So I was sort of going for the widest possible group of people, but I think it was people that were on the fence 
about mm. selfies. And, it, you know, you're never going to convince somebody who just thinks that they're horrible and <laughs> all millennials should have their phones taken away. But <laughs> in my mind, it was much more sort of an audience that's willing to critically engage with something that they didn't think about in that capacity before. I mean, I'm always interested in these areas where we don't take something seriously until we sort of tilt our head and then suddenly it's very serious. And I think selfies were sort of like that, like they had reached this tipping point where nobody had really thought about them in terms of like artistic praxis. Like nobody had thought, I mean, yes, there are, there's artists, there's like, you know, really talented and amazing artists. Like there's one woman, Carla Gannis, whose exhibition I went to, who works with selfies and makes these moving gifts of herself that she's sort of, they're beautiful. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of women that are working with self-portraiture in the art world, but in terms of just generally in, you know, writing critical essays for mass consumption, nobody had really taken on selfies in this way. And so the audience was just anybody who's taken a selfie or thought about it or looked at other people's and wondered what's up with that. Mm -hmm. And the response was amazing. I mean, I'm still, I'm still talking about it now. And I just went to an NYU class last week, actually, to discuss the essay and I was on NPR a bunch and when it first came out and um, yeah, I mean, and people still write me emails about the essay and say, oh gosh, like I, I thought about it a totally different way now. I mean, I've also had people totally argue with me and say, mm. this is nuts. I don't, you know, I can't believe you took it seriously and also wrote this many words about it. <laughs> Who write this many words? No, but I you think know, it so is I, something I, that is important to take seriously because it's a reflection of Culture. The time, the sure. culture. It would be like ignoring the, the internet or Instagram or anything else. That's like a, you don't do that. You have to make it part. It is part of our history, our pop culture history. So regular. I'm interested in how you two think it. The selfie culture fits in with, um, namely reality TV and this sort of desire i mean this feeling that everybody has now that they're in a reality tv mm. show like a tiny one of their own right where they're walking around and they're like everybody needs to know what i'm doing where i am what i look like right now what music i'm listening to what food i'm eating um i mean having actually been in that world versus what it might feel like outside of it i mean do you think that selfies are entwined with a sense that everybody feels that they're constantly on display well what for me, what comes to mind is that when I first started reality TV, I was 18, 1998. I mean, there was hardly even internet. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. widespread. And so I watched over time participating then in the seven shows that I did and the way that it seemed like the cast had changed. And I, it's hard to know whether that was just a reflection of culture changing and people and generationally changing or whether people were having this feeling that you're describing of always being on display and then the need then to do something bigger and more fantastic and look better. Sarah and I talked a couple episodes ago and this might sound silly, but she was mentioning how now on the challenge, since I've stopped doing them, all the girls bring hair weaves and not African-American girls who it fits into their, we're talking like white girls who want to look more yeah. like a playboy bunny and would like big voluptuous hair. Yeah. We're not talking like, to me, just that's to clarify evidence of wow. this feeling that they 
they aren't enough Mm -hmm. and that they have to keep bringing more to their own body and their own face to be worthy of looking at. Well, and I would, I would Mm -hmm. also add to that, that where I find the negatives of selfies and reality television to overlap in some way, because what they both can often do, and where Susie and I kind of uh, grapple with this, is that it paints a distorted image of what, quote-unquote, reality really is. Just like the girl, the Australian model, who said, like, I was starving, and I was waking up and feeling crappy about myself, and my self-worth was in the toilet. Like, you don't see that... You know, we are put in emotional extremes and we are limited in so many ways or we are. So there's like a hidden side to it that people aren't necessarily getting the real story and the true story. And in some scenarios, but then just like with reality TV and with like with selfies, you have these like shining stars in the bunch that are, you know, programs that maybe really show, um, like, what's that one that I love about the uh, people who have um, disabilities that Buna Murray did? Since? Oh, yeah, Born This Way. Born This Way. I think that that's fantastic. And then you have, like, somebody in the transgender community who's going to post pictures about their transition that really helps. So there's mm-hmm. wonderful things to it, but there's also a dark side that as soon as, like, the money and the that that greed and all that kind of gets involved in the the actual true um art and and um you know focus on the individual is is lost what, what do you think rachel well i i can i mean i think that you're right on on you're right there because i think there is definitely two sides to it i i think there are um listen as any other medium and especially new technology, it can be, you know, co-opted by capitalism and the needs of the market. And I think that's what I was saying about that um, woman, Asena, the Australian um, young girl who basically sort of got swept up in the um, profit side of selfies. But I am also, you know, I spoke to so many people and looked inside so many communities where taking selfies has nothing to do with the demands of the market, it's actually sort of part of um, ignoring the market and mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. away from fashion magazines, looking towards your peers and yourself for inspiration, as opposed to um, trying to meet some sort of impossible standard that you're mm-hmm. seeing in the traditional media. So I saw both sides of it. Um and like you said, I think there are really inspiring things going on in certain reality programs and then things that are really gross and horrible and, <laughs> and, and frankly, you know, shocking in others. And I think that that can happen in sort of any mm-hmm. zone where you're putting your image out there. I mean, for me, at the end of the day, I look at selfies as documents, right? They're documents that we produce and that we produce more now because we have the technology. I mean, I think that, you know, I had a historical section in there and I was like, I, I sort of believe that people would have been taking selfies if they could mm-hmm. for a long yeah. time. Of course. Especially women, especially women who didn't have the ability to, 
to even know what they looked like or to Mm -hmm. tell the world what they thought they looked like. I mean, for me, selfies are a document that basically shows the world how you feel about yourself. And that can be hard if you don't have any Mm self-confidence. I mean, those and that can come across. I mean, they, they can speak volumes, but I think there are, you know, uses for them as documents just like any other historical record. And that's why I kept focusing on sort of like the death mass aspect of selfies and how they will travel beyond us. And that in a lot of ways, you know, I've had the same prejudices about selfies that everyone else has had. I mean, I came into this not prepared to put my boxing gloves on and be like, selfies are amazing. You know, I was really just trying to um, analyze it from a really critical Mm -hmm. point of view. But where I ended up sort of coming down on the side of them was I just kept thinking about how if my grandmother, you know, who's no longer with us, if she had been able to take a selfie, I would have loved to see it because what it would have taught me was this moment when she sort of captured herself tenderly or even in a moment of crisis or whatever, when she felt that she needed to take the picture of her own face, that would be a lot of information that I just don't currently have. And I feel like that is, you know, one of those things where I couldn't shake the desire to want that. Oh, God, um, it, I, now I want that. <laughs> I Now I want, because so, I think I have one picture of my grandmother of her, and I treasure that photo so much. And I think I would have loved to see a photo of her at every age that I was. Yeah. Exactly. And also a photo that she took herself, knowing that she was the person who was in this moment with herself feeling, you know, because a lot of people take selfies. There's like two camps, right? There's the people who take selfies when they're happy. And that tends to be most people. They're like, I look good today. My hair's on point. Or like, I'm here at like, I don't know, a concert and I'm like about to see Beyonce and I'm so excited. Here I am, you know? But there are other people that take them when they're feeling really low. Like there, you know, there's been a lot of great essays that have been written in the past couple of years about depression selfies Mm -hmm. and how when people are sort of like numb and fuzzed out, one of the things they do to sort of remind themselves that they're still alive Mm -hmm. and like still very much a human, even though they don't really connect or feel like one is to take selfies. And that can be a certain kind of therapy. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who take them um, when they are, I mean, I, I, you know, when they're not feeling that great about their body or when their body is betraying them and they need to capture it and, and sort of, you know, I mean, it's funny. I, I talked to a friend of mine whose mother had passed away um, and it wasn't a surprise. It was after a long battle with cancer, but she was, it was still, the ending was really hard. And she told me that she was driving one day and like just broke down, was just sobbing and she like pulled over to the side of the road and she took a selfie and, and she said, I, I, I never shared it with anyone, but I thought I was going to, um, but I keep it and I share it with my, I, I look at myself all the time because it reminds me of this point that I was at and like how I have to keep going from there. And it, and, it, and for me, I think people do it for all different reasons. I mean, as many different reasons as there are people. So I thought it was you know, looking at it all through this one lens of like millennial obsession with your own face and the narcissism and the decline of humanity, I think is, is just one small sliver of a way into the subject, you know? 
I know, right? She's brilliant. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yes, yes to all of that. I know. <laughs> we feel like we're now at I church. Just wanna, yes, and now I want. I'm like, we should all be taking selfies. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and take a selfie. I'm gonna take make my husband take them because our children need to know about this. Like, I just think, yeah, why it, not? It You're really not, is, you know, you'll never I, I just think it's again. You are such a talented writer, and in a, in addition to it being such a great art form, you uh, effectively showed me and Sarah and presumably thousands of other people who read the article a totally new perspective on something that people think is pedestrian well, and boring. You. Yeah, you are very talented. So thanks for oh, that. Well, that means the world to me. <laughs> and um, thank you. And I think you guys are both awesome. So I'm really happy to get to talk to you. And we want everyone to go and visit rachelsime.com. And also, I'll post the selfie mm-hmm. article that we're referring to, and you can read it. Because hey. we're not even doing it justice. It's so um, well-researched, thorough, and, and thoughtful. everybody who's a brain candy brainiac will love the section, needs to read the section that discusses the girls at the baseball game. Because that, it, like, oh. Right? I, I mean... The hallelujah hands. I was like, yeah, I was raging. Yeah. I was like, yes, that is a problem. And why don't we have female baseball players? I was like, yes. So I went way deep well, there. Yeah, but I, I love it. I couldn't believe that because they're sitting there mocking these women. Uh, I and, you mean... Know, again, people can go read the article, but, you know, the sense that there is... this. There's this thing that happens in sports stadiums that they've set up, like with yes. the jump, Jumbotron, right? Yeah. Which is an all-knowing eye. You can look mm-hmm. at anyone in the audience, yeah. pick out anybody, zoom in Expose on them. Expose you know? people. And it, it's very intrusive. And it's it very is. much. Like and you know this. what? Now that I think of it, I wonder if when you're, I'm sure it does, but when you're buying tickets, it says, like, you will be. I bet there's some small print that's like you yeah. small print, through, print and, and it's, it's just time, like, like you know if you're in our stadium you can be on the jumbotron. Ugh. But there's a sense that I have that's like these men are sitting there. Well, first of all, I was it, it's hilarious because they had not seconds before they started to mock these women called for people to take a picture of yeah. themselves and send it in to this contest. Right. So not only and then and then they showed these girls who were taking pictures of themselves and like they couldn't believe that these women were maybe more interested in taking pictures of themselves and their friends that they were in the game. Hey, I right. got news for you. Maybe are. baseball is boring as shit. On these <laughs> like the camera zooming in on these beautiful sort of sorority girls and just zooming in and then lingering and mocking them. And you're like, that in and of itself is like the problem. Oh, it's yes. it's yes. not these girls. The, what you don't like is you don't have control over, uh-huh. over the image. I you couldn't know? agree more. Girls, girls, don't take pictures of each other. Please look at the men. Rachel, listen. Yeah. This, you know what? I just thought of and allow and allow us men up here in the in the in the skybox to look at you. But the minute you turn, take out your phone and look at yourself, God forbid, all hell breaks loose. You know what I just thought of is because you asked earlier, like the comparison between reality TV and selfie culture. I mean, there mm-hmm. is a complete comparison here in that these girls were doing what they were told. And there's probably small print, which we know about. Contract, mm-hmm. Our con- contracts are ridiculous. And then we do what we're told. We go on this show and we act the way they're, we're produced to act. And then we're publicly shamed for it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like the Madonna Virgin thing. The exactly that she wrote about. It was like, 
We want you, but we're going to, we Make want fun? you to be like yes. this, but now we're going to tell you. It's the same freaking phenomenon. Why we like, what we want you to do. Oh, Rachel. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> is this you guys therapy? are free now, right? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah, I feel like we're <laughs> at therapy right now. Um, anyway, guys, check out well, Rachel's writing. Thank you writing. so much. You're amazing. Thank you for coming on. I hope you'll come back and chat with us about all kinds of, of stuff in the future. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you again for having me. Well, that was great talking to her. She is a smart cookie. And I'm telling you, it really changed my mind on how I look at selfies. Yeah, let's go take some right this second. I know. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to take them and I'm going to take them proud. Really? <laughs> I have started to feel more liberated. You, you know, know what? And you know what? Uh, I'm even go so I'm just going to download one of those little timers on my phone so that I can just set it up and then I can make it look like maybe it's not a selfie. I didn't even know you. Is that not an option in the camera feature? No, I've looked everywhere for it. Get out. Well, at least I can't figure out how to do it. Somebody help me. I'm sure there's a lot of ladies out there that will know the answer to that question. <laughs> yes, they will. Because I see them taking their weird pictures. Right, right. That Rachel has taught me are not weird at all not weird probably (laughs) take your selfies ladies um and gentlemen don't forget to shop through our amazon link and leave us a five-star review on itunes we love those and we love you and we'll talk to you next week bye everybody